0: This is LBC leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850 Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, every, It's
1: nice to have your company. To have your company, thank you. It's uh, Sunday, the 21st of February. It's not too cold outside, and it couldn't quite make its mind up. Was it rain? Was it sleet? Was it... Oh, yucky, anyway. it doesn't matter. Stay in bed, pull the sheets up, you know, turn the radio up a little tiny bit, go make yourself a cup of coffee if necessary, and just lie there and let it sort of luxuriate over you. It's so much easier. Uh, 85,000 people change their names every year. The latest one is Mr Bacon Double Cheeseburger. Seriously, I mean, I thought it was a... He looks a bit simple, but I mean, if that's what he wants to change his name to, why do we allow these people to do it? Oli Mers could be leaving the X Factor. I think now they've got rid of Caroline Flack. I didn't think he'd be too far behind. And RBS and Lloyd's 400 branches, they're going to be closing. Is it yours? And that terribly sad news that came through the other day about Paul Daniels and his uh, his brain tumour. They've said it's inoperable, uh, which basically means that it's terminal. He's not he's not bothered about it that's that's the front that he's giving that's the thing that he's always said he said i'm not frightened about dying which you know you wouldn't be you wouldn't be because you don't know what it is do you and there is a picture in the paper today it's it's one of the saddest pictures i've seen in a in an awful long while it takes an awful lot to affect me and it's it's like watching that program about that man who ended his life at dignitas where, you know, it was sad. People were sort of openly crying about it because it's not like somebody's moved down the road, is it? It's the, the, that is the end of their life. And it's, it's terribly traumatic for everybody concerned. And so for Paul Daniels... But he has a legacy. He has a, a lovely legacy, you know. And I remember, and I spoke to him about it when he got together with, uh, with the lovely Debbie McGee. And people said, ''Oh, it'll never last. It won't last, you know. Look at the age difference.'' And against all the odds... They uh, they pursued it and I've talked to Paul and I've talked to Debbie on numerous occasions and uh, they're absolutely right for each other, absolutely right. They've been on programmes on the television, they've done their documentary, he's done his quiz shows, I think she has a radio programme today. I think she'll be having a radio programme. I hope she does it. I really hope she does it, because then she'll realise the amount of public support that she's going to have, because it's, it's just terribly traumatic when you're facing up to something like that. So I tweeted about it yesterday, and then the BBC picked up on it, because I'm a member of the Inner Magic Circle. And we don't like to lose anybody in the circle. We re- we re- we really do. We're a bit selfish, I'm afraid. We don't like to lose anybody. And he did do more for magic than most people. You know, there are, there are people who are probably better magicians than Paul Daniels out there, and he'd be, he'd be the first to admit that. But the one thing that he did, he did it on television. You're going to like this? Not a lot. And stood here, stood here, came from uh, when we were in Fleet Street. And he said, do you know where that came from? I said, no. He said, just as you go past the law courts, he said, there's a big statue in the middle of the road, he said, and it says, stood here. He said, so I nicked it. And if ever you've seen Paul Daniels doing his chop cup, that's the one cup upside down. Paul on the top, you know, in the, that one, then uh, you'll know that you've witnessed something really, really clever. So we send lots of love to Paul and to Debbie and to their respective families. And uh, I, hope that it, uh, I hope that it goes through as, as well as it can do. But he said in all the papers today, there's numerous interviews, he said, I'm not afraid about dying. Not afraid about dying. And he won't, but he gets a lot of love. And that's why I say I hope Debbie goes to do her, her radio programme because then she'll realise just what, what people think. Because you can't wallow in misery. And I know that seems very selfish, but you can't do anything about it. It's going to take its course, something's going to happen, and you just have to get through it as best you can. But, uh, you know, with love and prayer and all the rest of it, then uh, hopefully things will be made a lot easier. Other stories in the uh, papers today, well, they've all turned on Prince William. I never thought I'd see that in the newspapers. I said it on Friday, not thinking of the implication of it. It's only because I suddenly... I was reading out from one of the newspapers... Uh, the list of engagements that Prince William had done, and he's way behind the Queen and Prince Philip, way behind in fact he hasn't even been doing his air ambulance as often they've done a bit of spin doctoring it's like prince harry isn't it oh let's give him charity, and that apparently is sort of is enough to keep him occupied well it's not it's absolutely not. Uh, All he does, he goes out to another country, they have a photo opportunity, the press film, and he does a couple of interviews, and that's it. That is not a full-time job, as far as I'm concerned. And if uh, if Prince William thinks he's going to be king without putting in the hours, then he's sadly mistaken. I mean, even Dad, Charles, is putting in the hours, and uh, William needs to do the same thing. So all the papers have said, and all the columnists, pull your finger out, start proving to us. Because, you know, it's no good just, you know, just sort of being there and people go, oh, people really like you and all the rest of it. Because they, they can go off you quite quickly, uh, as, um, as one of our leading actresses discovered the other day. <laughs> uh, Russell Brands moved into Sedate Henley. Poor Henley. I'm so sorry. My mother used to live in Henley. That'll, that'll destroy the area completely. And who tops the quiz show host poll? Bullseye is Jim Bowen. Super smashing. He won a caravan. Oh, it's so exciting, isn't it? We used to watch that programme for the NAF prizes. Two people battling over whether they could keep a caravan at the council house or not. Uh, Professor Green's marriage is over. This is one who was married to Millie McIntosh for two years. I think it finished about uh, six months ago. I saw the signs... And I remember reporting it on LBC and saying, listen, they're not out together. And uh, then he started... To, I mean, I never thought they were suited at all. She's sort of posh totty, a little bit of a bore. And he's sort of, you know, working class from the, you know, with tattoos up his neck and all the rest of it. He's done a few, a few uh, programmes on the television, but it's not really good enough, actually. He does that lip sync thing. And quite clearly, perhaps she got a bit jealous. And uh, then they started drifting apart. And so it's over after two years. But as I say... Pfft, Live your life in, in the spotlight, you kind of uh, kind of die by the sword as well. Young Burnett, young Barry Burnett, is, uh, is a long-standing friend of mine. And he says, great interview with the wonderful Don Black. Wonderful. I omitted to mentioning the fact that Don Black is 77. Seriously, he's, su- he's such a... Him and his brother, gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Uh, there was a Glossywood Hollywood film, says young Burnett, in the 40s, called Tonight and Every Night with Rita Hayworth, supposedly based on the windmill. Anyway, uh, I'm going to see Mrs. Henderson Presents. It's it's my birthday treat. And uh, just to prove that uh, the tickets have been bought, we haven't even gone down the route of can we have some complimentary tickets. we bought tickets so I can go along for my birthday treat and, uh, and go and see it. But apparently I've been warned there is nudity. I've said, don't worry, I shall keep my clothes on. And I shall try to uh, sort of resist the temptation to start slipping out of my brine nylon shirt and things like that. On the subject of uh, Paul Daniels, Malcolm says it was sad to hear and uh, about Paul Daniels. Certainly a bit of bad year for the famous. Makes you wonder who's next. Well, I, I keep looking at myself in the mirror thinking, do I look OK today? How do I feel? I feel OK. And uh, for the first time in ages, actually, I'm not doing a walk in Regent's Park this morning. Mainly because the the dog in question is, um, is, is not ...in London for the weekend, so I can... For the first time in ages, I've actually managed to go home at the end of the day. And I thought, perhaps I should go home for tea and toast. And I thought, no, I'm staying off bread. I'm, I, I can't... I can't be with bread. I want to be with bread, but I can't be with bread at the moment. So I've decided... It just blows you up and makes you too ill. So I thought, no, stay away from it. Stay away from it. Did meatballs yesterday, which was very nice. Uh, the Z-listers are queuing up to injure themselves on the jump. I mean, every day there's another person, and every day there's another little uh, bit... You know, that you see another celebrity has done, you think, oh, why are they going on there? The answer is they're going on there for a fee. They're going on there for a fee, and the fee kind of justifies their existence in the world. Uh, we've got the story of the Premiership star moving in with a lap dancer. Tamara Eccleston's husband has been quizzed. We did ask a question a while ago, and I can remember asking it on this programme, because uh, she's rich as creases. Well, her father is. I don't think she's ever done anything to, to justify it. But, uh, you know, she's... Co- this. Tamara Eccleston was the one who was so dumb, she didn't know what toast was do you remember we had to try and explain to her what toast was bread becomes toast mm, she's so thick anyway so she's got this husband nobody quite understood what he did for a living or what he does do for a living nobody knows at all well having read some of the uh the uh, the stories in the newspapers today uh things not looking very good not looking very good for him so there you go uh plus i said this the saddest picture you'll ever see oh god it's a sad picture I'm not even sure I can tell you about it. It's so sad. It doesn't involve an animal. It involves a child, but it's just the saddest picture. Eric's car set to earn a fortune. Eric Morcombe's car. It's all been done up and it's lovely. Uh, a lot of people saying, "Can we keep dogs off the menu at the Winter Olympics, please?" Because already, and there is a horrible picture in the paper of crates of dogs being unloaded. Now, of course, if this was chickens, we wouldn't bat an eyelid, would we? If it was chickens or ducks or something like that, we would. We couldn't care less. We could not care less. But if it's, if it's dogs in cages, little puppies, we go, oh, it's puppies in cages. And so we get all funny about it. And yet to um to the Koreans, they just see that as a meat source, like the Chinese have cat restaurants, where they've got cats in cages and they just take one out. And it's, it's just an animal. I know we're funny, and I'm sure that Phil Vickery will agree with me. There, there was a programme some time ago on the television, and it looked at the Chinese markets. They said the, the only things that the Chinese don't eat with with legs are tables. They said the rest of the time they eat everything. And this was a, um, a live animal market. And believe you me, everything. Seriously, absolutely anything. If it moved... And it crawled, or it walked, or it flew. It was uh, it was fair fair game to be killed. And in this market, they had everything from terrapins to tortoises to snakes, usual chickens and geese. We don't think anything about that, do we? We don't we don't worry about seeing geese in cages yet. Show somebody a cage full of pussy cats and a cage full of little little puppies, and we go, oh my god, it's not normal, is it? And I don't think it's normal either. But there again, perhaps if I lived there, and perhaps if I'd been brought up on a culture of eating cat and dog. Whereas we we just see them on you know on tins, don't we? Biscuits, little picture of kittens playing there because we go God, they're gorgeous, and dogs and puppies, they're just gorgeous and they're lovely, and you just can't imagine anybody ever eating them, but they do, and it's just not me. So so uh, they're, they're actually trying to get them banned, from the uh, from the Winter Olympics. And the other advice is from from most of the columnists today: Why doesn't Kanye West just do one? Why doesn't he just go away? What a boring old so-and-so he is ladies and gentlemen, especially after he lost 58 million or 53 million, whatever it was, it was a lot of money because he's an idiot. And then he goes to Mark Zuckerberg and says, can you lend me a billion for future Kanye West projects? I thought, what, and throw money, you know, good money after bad money. No, thank you very much indeed. Uh, Clintons get the red card. They can't get their birthday greetings cards right. They've got old players on the cards, players who've either passed on or they've left the club. Doesn't make any sense at all. And a young man at 27 who was addicted to the betting machines in the bookmakers. He was addicted and all he lost was, and it seems small fry in this day and age, he lost 500 pounds. He killed himself because he couldn't face the uh, the humiliation of it. And I thought, well, you know, if if, if losing 500 pounds means you're going to kill yourself... Don't ever play these machines, because they are they are addictive. I've seen people playing them before. They over, I used to play them when I was a kid. I'd go in with a load of pound coins. Nowadays, it's hundreds and thousands of pounds that people put in, lose, win, take away. It's very difficult, but he killed himself after losing £500. And that means it's a complete and utter waste of life. It really is. If you know somebody who's addicted, it is an addiction. They need... To get help, it's it's not pleasant. It really isn't. We we'll take a short break. It's six fifteen.
0: Steve Allen on LBC, leading Britain's conversation. Steve Allen, tweet at LBC morning,
1: everybody. Welcome to Sunday Morning. Yes, Phil, meatballs. I know. Actually, I did make a slight mistake with the meatballs. I was going to do the onion gravy, but to be honest with you, I couldn't quite bring myself to cut an onion up. So I put the meatballs in and uh, and then I put some, what else did I put in there? Oh, uh, sprouts. And I was going to have mashed potato, but I didn't have the mashed potato. And then I put in some beef gravy and uh, stirred that round and left it so they were really tender and they fell apart. And that was it. I didn't have mashed potato. I don't know why, actually. Why didn't I have mashed potato? There must be some reason for it. Anyway, so, uh, so that was that yesterday. Uh, Steve, uh, according to a TV programme, Happy Birthday to You is the best-selling song. No, it still gets royalties, but it uh, was sold, written by um, two sisters years and years ago, and I think they sold it to Warner... Ch- if memory serves me, Warner Chapel Music. I think for about £25 million some time ago, but it was never called Happy Birthday... I think it was called "Good Morning to All," and then it and then it became adapted. Uh, the reason it doesn't feature in the best selling list uh, is because it was never released as a single. It was always something that was sang at birthdays. Whereas the other ones, the white the white Christmases and Candle in the Wind, were released as singles. So now you know. So now you know. But it was sold for twenty five million. Can you imagine? Just come up with a little song like that. If only I'd thought of "Happy Birthday to You." Happy Birthday to You. It was based on a folk song, but I think it was. Patty, if oh, what are their name uh, Patty and Mildred hill, I think some yeah Patty and Mildred Hill, and uh, they were the ones who had it. it was done in English, I think it was first published about eighteen ninety one eighteen ninety about eighteen ninety three or something i suppose, and um a waffle in it really I <laughs> can't
0: believe myself i get away
1: with it but uh, anyway yeah so that was it and it was uh, known simply as Happy Birthday we know it as Happy Birthday to you Squash tomatoes and stew Bread and butter in the gutter Happy Birthday to you and uh, it first appeared in print 1912 it probably existed even even earlier that was the combination of lyrics for Happy Birthday to You and the sisters used Good Morning to All as a song that young children find Good morning to all, good morning to all Good morning to all, good morning to all. They were boring, weren't they? God, enough. small wonder they're not alive anymore. <laughs> but anyway, £25 million. And so you just inserted the person's name. I don't think there's any name that doesn't fit in there, does it? A birthday to you, birthday to you. Happy birthday, your son Bin Laden. Happy birthday. No, it all fits in. It seems to fit in for most of them. <laughs> Happy birthday, Mr Bacon Double Cheeseburger. Happy birthday. Yes, it probably fits in as well. <laughs> Oh dear, Graham Kerr. Graham, says Phil Vickery. I used to watch Graham Kerr, and I um, he used to do this program. Uh, his, his wife used to produce it, and I could always see him. But he used to do this funny thing. Graham Kerr would cook, and he started cooking what was sort of terribly unhealthy. But it was it was it was sort of after Fanny Craddock had sort of taken over television. And she'd sort of done it with sort of Johnny. And then he got Graham Cohen. This programme came from Australia. And the, the worst thing for me was when he would go and get a lady out of the audience. Mostly it was a la- Occasionally he'd sort of get, get a bloke out. Uh, but it was a lady and he'd, he'd make them eat the food that he'd just cooked. And then it would do a close-up of his mouth eating. I don't know why they ever did that. I thought it was quite disturbing. Even as a child, I thought it was fairly disturbing. But he was the first person, and then he went all healthy and started using half-fat this and half-fat that and cutting back on the amount of butter that he was using. Um, But we are fascinated by people cooking on television. I don't know why... Because I can't cook for toffee and I must have watched millions of these programmes. Literally millions of them. Enjoy the interview with James Martin, Steve. Any chance, as you're a bit of a foodie, of you appearing on Saturday Kitchen? No, thank you very much indeed. Oh, good Lord, no. Definitely not, Jeff. But uh, how about an interview with your auntie Enid? That's quite cruel, isn't it? You know that she's not in a fit state. She know she's got her own oxygen cylinder she takes around with her everywhere. I mean, to be honest with you, to set up a studio to get her in there, I mean, we'd have to spend all sorts of money, which, frankly, we don't have at the moment. Uh, Dean is being kind and says, maybe they're giving Will some time with his young family. Well, you know, why not? You know, I'm sure he can manage it. He's supposed to be our future king. Aren't they supposed to have blue blood or something like that? Uh, love the interviews today. Always top class and very entertaining. That was Don Black and Marion Keyes. I've had to delete some poor old baggage called um, Angela. She's quite clearly on some sort of medication, poor soul. So I've deleted her completely. So luckily we'll never hear from her again, thank God. Uh, Because she was rude to everybody. I checked on her history. Nasty little piece of work. If you're interested, uh, if you're interested, this coming Thursday, the 25th of... Is it really the 25th? Oh, I did my VAT the other day. I know you'd be very thrilled with me. And I did it in between my shower. Because I've discovered the quick way to doing VAT is uh, if you're uh, fixed-rate VAT, which I'm fixed-rate, as indeed a lot of people are in this business, uh, once you've logged on with all your bits and pieces... And it, when I first did it, it took ages. You do it online. Before, you didn't do it online. it was You just filled in a piece of paper, and it was a lot easier. Anyway, now I'm doing it online. I used to fill in 0.00 if there was nothing there. Now you just put in one zero, and it fills it in by itself. And so you, you sort of do all your invoices... In my case, it's six invoices, two a month, six invoices, and you do them without the VAT, and, uh, and that's so you get a, a lump sum, and then you chimes that by the amount of percentage that you pay to them, and you put that in, push the button, and click, it works. And so I did it in about three minutes. I did it I did it with the thing, Saved me sitting there trying to add it all up and get myself stressed. I did it, and I, I did it really quickly, so I'm very pleased. All I've got to do is just remember to make sure that the money goes into the right account so we can pay it on the 10th. Anyway, just going back to this Thursday, the 25th of February. If you're not doing any interviews, Steve, the steam locomotive, the Flying Scotsman, <gasps> is departing King's Cross at 7.40am, going to York. If you fancy going to see it depart, it's on its first run... After its 4.5 million pound refit, tickets of 450 pounds return and sold out," says Steve. Oh, but where does where do, where does it go? Because I'm a bit excited by this now. Because if that's 228, it, does it go through Richmond? Does it not go through Richmond? Oh, is that oh right? So, so after it's left King's Cross, then where does it go after King's Cross? Where's its first station after King? steve oh god i can't drive to Hertfordshire, it's ridiculous oh what a pain i told you i did see a steam train going through richmond about a year ago oh <gasps> god it was the best thing i'd ever seen it was just it was like something at the railway children there was we saw it and they said just stand back from the platform There's a train coming through and then steam and smoke and oh bellowing out the th- It was just brilliant and i'd love to see the flying scotsman so if you're down, Kings, Cre- all you anoraks will be down there, won't you? I might head down there myself, actually. Seven forty, going to see its depart. Four and a half million pound, four hundred and fifty quid return, and it's sold out. Oh, I'd bet it has. Worth every penny. The Flying Scotsman. <sighs> wow, that is something. There we go. I've, I've 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 cheered my day up now. Actually, I don't care what the weather does. <laughs> uh, great interview with Marion Keyes, Steve. Yes, lovely, lovely. And James says there's a big celebration for your fortieth, Steve. Uh, and all you're doing is a show? I thought you'd be absailing the Shard or bungeing Tower Bridge. No, I watched somebody doing that the other day. And I watched something the other day, and it was people... What were they doing? They were climbing up the walls of a cave. And an... I, I felt physically ill. They were doing it just with the strength of their fingers. Well, I mean, I, I I couldn't do it. I couldn't I couldn't support my own weight anyway. But I did watch them, and I I thought, wow, wow, that that would be, that would be quite something, wouldn't it, to actually be able to do that? I've seen French people do it. There's a, there's a French guy, um, and and then I I thought, oh, I'd love to do that, but I I couldn't do it. I couldn't even haul myself up onto a tree now. Not that. Not that I've ever wanted to. But, you know, you know when you're a kid, you sort of climb up onto a tree. Now I get up there and I probably just cry until the air ambulance came. Uh, Stephen Potter's Bar, which is on the route the Flying Scots have been taking, says it's non-stop to York. Oh, is it so straight? Oh, how lovely. How lovely. Four and a half minutes. Mo- oh, dear, honestly, made my day. Made my day. Malcolm says, I couldn't bring myself to eat some of the things you've mentioned, but having said that, ostrich seems OK. At least there'll be plenty of meat on the drumsticks. Yeah, the box would be enormous. Imagine if Colonel Sanders had discovered ostrich. 7.40 in the morning, Flying Scotsman, Thursday. The newspapers will be out there. And uh, Ben says, was it Kanye West who said he was the biggest rock star? Yes, broke as anything. Uh, Phil says, my dad's a steam train nutter. As kids, we went on steam trains all over the place. Wow, 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 wow. How lovely. That sounds nice, doesn't it? It's it's a bygone era, isn't it? It's a bygone era of, of sort of just just sort of nice things and I, I quite like the idea of nice things anyway he says um uh Mr Kerr's wife this is Graham Kerr had a heart attack and he went all healthy and sailed round the world after the BBC dumped him it was a bit, it was a bit bitter <laughs> I love that actually he did he, he did go uh, what was her name I can't remember her name it'll come to me in a minute uh Graham Kerr's wife was wait a minute it'll come to me come to me come to me it's, it's not Mylene or something like that is it but uh, uh, scrapped in the sixties, the uh, the uh, the train. So, oh Trina, oh Trina died actually last year. She died last year, Phil, and uh, several days before what would have been their sixtieth wedding anniversary. Trina, <gasps> Trina Nevan Doom. She was an English actress. I've never heard of her. Sounds a bit rude, doesn't it? Perhaps I should have heard of her. But, uh, no, Trina died 17th of September last year. And he's lived in Mount Vernon, Washington, for several years. Wow. Good Lord. How interesting. They've got three children. Tessa, Graham, and Karina. Why do people always call one of the children by your own name? You know, Graham. And so we're going to call our son Graham. What for? It's like, uh, even worse, we go Graham Jr. Or something like that. I mean, we used to have at uh, at prep school... <laughs> Crab school, me being elitist. And uh, if you had two kids with the same name, one to be major and one to be minor, you'd have sort of Alan Major, and then if my brother went Alan Minor. It was always quite funny, actually. And uh, I don't know why it was funny. It was just the way things worked, actually. Uh, right. Listen, more of your texts and uh, emails in a moment. And we will talk about Eric's car set to earn a fortune. Uh, we'll talk more about these bizarre... Ne- why do people, Why would you want to change your name to Mr Bacon Double Cheeseburger? I mean, is this person on drugs or something? Or are they just particularly ridiculous? Mind you, I do actually, talking of names, Al Gore's son, if memory serves, isn't he called something like Al Gore the Third? <gasps> And I bet they don't write third, they do one, one, one. Oh, God, how pretentious, isn't it? Pretentious. What? I don't think so. LBC News Times, 6.30, with the latest headlines. This is LBC with Steve Allen. I think they've changed the voice. It's a different voice. It sounds a different voice. He sounds as though he sort of lightened himself up a little bit. Whereas years ago, the idea of having voiceovers... I shouldn't be telling you this. But the idea of having voiceovers on radio is that they sounded deep and butch. So there used to be a guy called Bill Mitchell who used to do all the, uh, our sister station capitals. One. Nine. And it was like that, and it was all, it was supposed to be terribly sexy. A bit like Barry White, only sort of slightly deeper, and he would come in and do this really deep voice thing. You know, and he was supposed to think it was sexy. Steve Allen... On LBC, and and I never thought it sounded even anyway. But uh, I never worked on a music station, so it never made any difference. And now they seem to have changed them. And you listen to a voice; we've changed the voices on LBC over a number of years. And uh, each time it comes around to it, I always go, "A different voice, somebody different doing it." I quite like to find out. Anyway, let's uh, let's plough through some of your uh, your uh, your texts and emails, ladies and gentlemen, and try getting uh, as many as possible, as they say. Uh, Lovely Jan says we had Paul and the lovely Debbie at the Queen's Theatre. Both utterly charming, chatty, and a thoroughly nice couple. Very sad news, and we wish them all the very best. Absolutely, absolutely. We were talking about it, actually, and, um, and people were saying, when do we... I don't think it's just been diagnosed. I think he's known about this for a little while. He wasn't very well at Christmas, and uh, I know that everybody will send him all their very best. It's not, listen, it's, it's not nice in anybody's case, you know, and if you're going through it with... Uh, with a member of your family, then then you know exactly what it's like. Uh, Graham Kerr's TV programme was the Galloping Gourmet, says Kern. I know. And Trina, who only died last year. Isn't that funny? I don't know why I thought of that this morning. It's ironic, isn't it? Uh, 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. Noreen says, enjoyed the In Conversations. We've booked another Blackpool trip yesterday. Two returns, 90 quid, using a senior rail card. Flying Scotsman sounds great. Thoughts with Paul, Debbie, and the family. Yes, I think so too. Uh, the, yeah, The Flying Scotsman does sound great, doesn't it? I've become quite animated by that this morning. A good old steam train. Phew, dear. A steam train. Ladies and gentlemen, my life does not get any better. And I'm not an anorak. I don't sit at the end of platforms writing down numbers or anything like that. I just like the idea that when you sort of watch a programme, and I have bought. Oh God, it's going to make me sound sad now, isn't it? It all to sound sad on a Sunday morning. But I have bought. Um, I did buy the Orient Express DVD, which has got a steam train. I bought two DVDs. One hasn't got a steam train. That was very disappointing. And the other one has got a steam train, which I think uh, harks back to Murder on the Orient Express kind of days. And I I just thought it was lovely. Things like that. I like that. Uh, I was a small child here in Canada. Love watching the Galloping Gourmet, says Jean. Oh, Trina died. How sad. Yes, only last year. Literally, only September last year. So uh, not nice, is it? Not nice. Uh, The other Danny Cohen says, I don't know how it's happened. You're now part of my internal clock for the last week and a half. And it doesn't matter what time I go to bed or how much sleep I have. I find myself without the aid of an alarm clock, waking up at three minutes past four. And on the last couple of Sundays, waking up at two minutes past five. Yes, I do that as well. Saturday morning. Was it Saturday morning yesterday? I, I sort of I got up. Early, I always wake up early, and so what I do is I watch a bit of television. I watch a couple of things on the uh, on YouTube, and I was watching last. <laughs> I was watching Hairspray, the uh, the film, and watching. You can't stop the avalanches and crashes down the hill, and I watch that, and it's so good, and it's so exciting, and it just it just fills you with with some sort of vim and vigor, and uh, and you just you, you kind of get going by it, and I love that, and then I watch uh, the Lady's Choice. All sung by Zac Efron. It was really good. Really, really good. And it just sort of, you think to yourself, I wish I could dance. I wish I had the energy. But uh, as I've already explained, I can't climb trees. So there's no point in doing anything else at all. Uh, Mark says, used to love Paul Daniels on a Saturday night. Yes, I think everybody did. He, he changed the way that magic was done. His uh, producer was Ali Bongo, who had produced David Nixon. And uh, I went to see... Uh, one of his shows on the... television. We went to the BBC Television Centre to watch him doing uh, doing one of his shows. And it was good. He's sort of... And I've interviewed him, I think, over the years. It must have been at least half a dozen times that Paul's been in. And we've been able to talk magic, you know, on a level that we can't talk magic if you're around. you get my drift? It's because it's, you know, private. So I might mention somebody who sort of is very innovative within the magical world, who you'll never have heard of in a million years. But I do know that there is somebody who's appearing at the Magic Circle... Uh, tomorrow, they always have a lecture on a Monday night at the Magic Circle and this particular man is an American and he's very innovative, very, very innovative. I can't tell you his name, I don't want to tell you anything about him at all, but I know that Michael J. Fitch if he's got any sense, will be down there watching because he knows all about him as well uh, Could you wish a very happy birthday to our son James Corbyn, 21 today says Ian and uh, oh dear, is it Tetya Corbyn God, I'll probably mispronounce that, honestly. I get so bad on a Sunday morning. I try and be good. I try and be good. And uh, I've often ranted about the one show, and on Friday, Anita Rani replaced Alex Jones. Breath of fresh air, says Jeff, and extremely good. Hopefully she'll become permanent. Uh, I don't really I don't really think so. I don't think she's permanent. Uh, the one show's not for him. This is the the male presenter. Uh, on it, who's actually very, very good on The Country File, but he's not very good when it comes to interviews. There, There is an art to doing it, and he doesn't have it. Uh, out of interest, that must be the car, says Rogan, uh, that Eric Morecambe used to park in my car park when I had my video shop on Harpenden High Street. He used to park there, do a bit of shopping, come in for a cuppa and a chat, sometimes pick up a video. Fond memories of a lovely man who usually left us in fits of laughter. Yes. I, I I agree with you, actually. Uh, the Galloping Gourmet. I liked him. I found some of the uh, cooking tips useful, says uh, Geralda. And um, a few years ago, whilst on holiday in Hong Kong, we went on a day's tour to China. God, that must have been a some tour. The guide seemed more interested in showing us the temples and the other things, like the clothes shops. What we found unpalatable was the way they treated their intended diet. Yes, I mean, they, it's, they're just looking at his food. Seriously, I mean, I, even I can't believe you know, some of the things that, uh, that go on, but it's just food. I mean, the worst... No, I can't tell you. It sounds horrible, doesn't it? I'm not going to tell you anything because it's it's awful. Uh, Phil's dad has got um, a small railway that goes around his garden. Do you remember when people used to have that? I've seen a number of houses where people have built a railway in the back garden and it's, and, and the wife... It, it's been so carried away that the wife can't go out there to hang the washing out because they've got, you know, engines, wagons, they go through cuttings and all the rest of it and it just winds its way. Oh, how Lovely. I could. I always wanted a little miniature railway. They've got one at a garden centre that I go to. And it's a little miniature railway. And just to make myself look completely stupid, I sometimes go on it. I was able to go before because the godchildren were the right age. Now we all look a bit old for it. But we sort of pretend that we're there with kids. But we're not really. We're just sort of pretending. Just so we can go on the little railway. (laughs) God, what a sad life. Honestly, I really must grow up one of these days one of these days I might grow up I think it's unlikely Uh, Stephen Manchester says a double headed steam train went thundering through my local station last Sunday what a sight are they amazing aren't they amazing is that the best thing Uh, uh, Gillian says is Marion Keyes on again tonight yes 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 she's on at 9 o'clock tonight Nine o'clock tonight, and uh, her and Don Black, so it's it's really good, actually. Somebody wrote up and thought it was a phone-in, which was very sweet, actually. Again, I get a lot of people on medication. There is a steam train that goes through Brixton-Ferndale Road monthly and the Orient Express to Kent and Folkestone, says Sue-Anne. Oh, I've been on the Corfe Castle, Bluebell, Watercress. One seven-year-old have been on seven steam trains. Oh, bygone era, isn't it? Uh, bygone era. Apparently, Anne says the steam train... The Dorset Express does trips every summer from London to Weymouth. I've got to do it, you know. I've got to do it. I really have. But uh, I should get uh, get round to it. Sue says, Marion Keyes, her voice in that wonderful down-to-earth tone. She said we'd get on well together. And um, not wrong. We did get on very, very well together. And Don and I go back. I've got no end of people who are writing about... Um, Dom saying that they've known him for years and how lovely it is to hear him. He's very successful, but he's very grounded, very grounded person. Uh, who's been on the Romney High and Dimchurch railway? Stuart has. He says, I went on that miniature railway. It was lovely, wasn't it? It was Well, it's still lovely. It's still there. Listen, what I want to do, I want to go through some of the papers, because there are some stories in there. Sometimes it's a bit dull and boring, and other times it's sort of quite exciting. But I think it gives you a, an indication of, of, of what people are, are talking about. Uh, so, if I tell you that the front page of the People and the front page of the Mirror uh, are dealing with Paul Daniels, who's got brain cancer, he was uh, given the news. They say just days ago, but he wasn't well at at Christmas, and so they've uh, they've done an announcement. Him and the lovely Debbie McGee. Uh, Tributes are poured in as indeed you would expect them, because it's, you know, it's not pleasant for anybody. And for anybody else in the same position, then I, we, we send our love to you as well, because it's not easy to deal with. It's, uh, it's a horrible thing. It's different if you're famous, I understand, and people get a load of coverage, but sometimes it highlights the problems that there can be out there. So there's, uh, so there's interviews. Uh, he says, I've got to get home to see my dad, and that's his uh, son. That's Martin Jr., who will join the family vigil. He says, I, I can't complain. He said, I've had a wonderfully happy life. The only thing I know he never got in his life, and you'll laugh when I tell you the one thing missing, a toilet door lock. A toilet door lock. And the reason, a toilet door lock, and he was trying to get one ages and ages ago. Years ago, in, in public toilets, they had a penny. You put the penny in and you slid the bolt across and they were brass. And then he went in and then he locked it from the other side and it cost a penny to go to the toilet. But it wasn't, it wasn't the lock, it was who it was made by. And it was made by Masculine, who was a very famous magician. He invented the toilet lock, and Paul Daniels always wanted one of these uh, locks. And they—they uh, they were all over the place in these. T- every every toilet had the thing. There must have been millions in the country. Can you buy them? You can't find them anywhere, for love nor money. And it had Masculine's name on there, and that's why it was. In- that's the one thing he always wanted. But anyway, they'll—they'll they'll be strong. She'll be strong for him, and uh, it'll be fine. It is incurable. And I think that, uh, you know, anybody who's been through an illness like that will sort of say just how, how difficult it is. There is, a, there is another story in the paper today, and I can't find which, which paper it was in. Oh, here it is. It's, it's also in the mirror today. And, oh, dear God. You know, there are, there are some pictures that kind of move you. And this is a, a picture of Mason Timmins. Mason Timmins, I think, uh, was seven. And they had a picture taken uh, as he was slipping away from life. And they've done it to show people this is what meningitis does. And they're talking about the pain that they, uh, that they went through. 24 hours. That's all it took for meningitis to go through. And they've got a last photograph. Obviously, some, somebody took a photograph of them holding uh, little Mason just before he died. And it's 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 heartbreaking. It's a heartbreaking picture, and it's inside the uh, the mirror today. In case you get a picture in there, I mean, six thousand uh, people have signed the vaccine for all petition after a picture of a little girl the other day, Faye who died, aged just two. Mason, you know, a little child facing the end of their life. Dear God, there's nothing worse, is there? Quarter to seven.
0: Steve Allen, tweet at LBC. Leading Britain's condition, Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC.
1: Morning, it's sorry, right, I know it's, <laughs> sort of hold myself back then. Uh, looking at the uh, the pictures of this poor little boy, uh, Mason, you know, in his last uh, his last breath of life here, and why the parents want to share this uh, this picture of their son, and we know absolutely bugger all about it, do we? M- meningitis. Even the producer just said to me, "Where, where does it come from?" As well, apparently, we've all got it. We've all got it. It's it's an infection of a protective membrane that surrounds the brain and spinal cord. According to the NHS website, anybody can get it. Babies and young children under five are most at risk. A baby or a young child with meningitis may vomit, refuse to feed, feel agitated, not want to be picked up, become drowsy, floppy and unresponsive, have an unusually high-pitched or moaning cry, pale, blotchy skin, stiff neck, dislike, bright light seizures or convulsions. Uh, convulsions. I mean, th- these symptoms can appear in any order and some may not appear at all. It can be any of these. High fever, cold hands and feet. But it's the fact, and you, I ask myself the question, God knows I've lost track of how many times I've asked the same question, you know, are we sure there's a God? Are we sure there's somebody out there? How on earth you can let little children suffer is, is almost beyond me, and how brave of the parents. But they want to uh, they want to make sure that you see this picture of their son dying from meningitis, and I, I defy any of you to look at it and uh, and not be moved. Seriously, it's just uh, so dreadful for them, so dreadful. Right, I need to change the subject. i get myself into a terrible uh, situation in a moment, which I don't like to on a Sunday. I like to try and be in control of the blooming thing. Uh, Right, uh, from uh, Seattle, Graham Kerr used to produce his show down the hall from the studio, the radio station where I work, says Brad. Always very nice and a funny man. He says, by the way, I love LBC. Well, join the club. I'm also loving LBC. Getting a bit emotional this morning. But, you know, you can't help it when it's something like that. It's just... It can affect anybody. And that's why it's, it's just so dreadful, honestly. Uh, last week, I wrote to you, says Peter. Steve, commending a visit to Beamish Living Village Museum. And listening to your love of steam trains this morning, I'm going to add a suggestion that you visit the North Yorkshire Moor Steam Railway. Absolutely fabulous. Clouds of steam the stations that wonderful smell and the super ride through the spectacular north yorkshire moorlands it was a train that was used in the harry potter and many other films sounds to me if lbc ever do give you a weekend off <laughs> it's not a case actually uh, peter of them giving me a weekend off it's making making me take the time off i don't do i don't do taking time off i'm a bit uh, i'm a bit rubbish i'm afraid in that department i don't um... I just don't do... not do i tell you what... It, I don't know what it is, actually. I can't quite put my finger on why it is I work six days a week. Don't get me wrong, I love working. I absolutely love working. And I'm not doing it for free. I, I do get paid for it. It's just that I can't think of anything worse than taking holiday. Even when I was on jury service, I managed to do the programme, then go home, and then do jury, and then come back the next day. Didn't make any... The idea of taking time off, and they said, would you like the time off for jury service? No, thank you. No, oh, thank you. I can be home in plenty of time, so I'd, I'd, I don't like to uh, to think about it. Uh, Steve, uh, recently my husband Sir Sarah and I went to a bar in Prague, where all the drinks were brought to you on the back of a train. It was excellent. They sent one back for your empties. <laughs> the back of a train. How does that work? Is that, that's a, oh? I tell you what. I've got I've got the box set. What have I bought? The box set of Hetty Wainthrop Investigates, just arrived today, very sad, and also Keeping Up Appearances, because it's the number one export from the BBC, so I bought that as well. I've also bought Mrs Henderson Presents, even though I have Mrs Henderson Presents, it's just that I can't find it. So it's it's one of those, people keep saying to me, but you've got that film, and I go, yeah, but I don't know where it is. It's like living in a junk shop at the moment, but uh, but entertaining, ladies and gentlemen. Very, very entertaining. Uh, I think one benefit, says Liz, out of pulling out of Europe, which appeals to me, is that when arriving at the airport in the UK, the queue for EU passports is generally back to the plane, whilst the non-EU queue is really short. Perfect. Just off to hot yoga hot yoga that sounds slightly disturbing i can't do stuff like that i'm not a not a fitness person if ever i get the urge i just open another bottle of, uh, of prosecco i don't do it uh steve i caught meningitis at the age of 40 never known pain like it took 3 years to get over it and uh william from kingswood says i've been on chemo since august many sleepless nights but uh thank you for you um, which is great, sends him to sleep every time, is that lovely? I like the idea that we send you to sleep, actually, which is good. This is the person who doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, cycled and exercise, and then he became really sick. It just goes to prove it doesn't kind of work, does it, actually, really? doesn't w- work, work at all. So uh, I would say best to be unhealthy, because it's not served you any useful, uh, any useful purpose, has it, at all? So that's good. And, uh, I don't call Paul Danny's a useless celebrity. It's a bit harsh, isn't it, really? But we wish you better with your illness. Uh, I don't feel very well at all this morning, Steve, but I'm feeling a lot better listening to the programme. Sharon had emergency appendicitis on Friday. They had a thing the other day. It was one of these, um, programmes, and it was looking at the police in Soho, and the people who were on drugs. And one of them, he'd taken... What do they say, taken... Might have been MDF or something. Well, or not, Perhaps not MDF. <laughs> Unless you'd managed to eat a cupboard. And he'd eaten something. All he kept going was, oh, my stomach hurts. And they go, we are taking you into custody because you've taken drugs. Oh, Han, And he was wondering, MDF. <laughs> How much of the kitchen cabinet had he consumed, your honour, by the time you got there? Oh, I don't know. Down to the hinges. Imagine. Imagine. That's <laughs> ridiculous, isn't it? Uh, Daily Star this morning, what have they got? Uh, they've got uh, William... In F-word attack on Simon. I don't know, we are plagued with Americans over here. Send the little so-and-so's home. We don't want them here. Go back home again. And, uh, oh, look, a picture of David. We haven't heard a David Beckham story, have we, for about a few minutes. So here is one. He struck up a friendship with The Rock over a shared love for Taylor Swift songs. Oh, isn't that lovely? Rivetingly boring, as usual. And, in fact, actually, we've got a couple of... Oh, look, here's the Beckham family all out together with their own cameraman. And uh, they hit the streets of L.A. Isn't it lovely? Do they ever go to school, these children? they ever go? Victoria looking a bit sort of vacant. And uh, they were visiting her favourite gym. That's lovely. Because then there's another picture of David in the Beckham. Having said... I wish I'd never said it, actually. I wish I'd never said the other week. At least we've gone two days without seeing any picture of the boring Beckhams. Now you've got Brooklyn jumping over Beck's at Skate Lab. Whoa, how exciting. That's real rock and roll, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Kerry Katona, she's fragile now. The one thing she ain't is fragile has turned to therapy to help her cope with the breakdown of her third marriage. Oh, no, dear, it's a bit difficult, isn't it, really? But uh, there you go. And uh, no doubt you'll be uh, selling that story. She's had a string of sessions with a count... Oh, there you go, it's being filmed for a show on television. Oh, silly me, Kerry, I nearly felt a little bit of sympathy for you, darling, at one point. But uh, luckily I don't feel any sympathy at all, because, as usual, your entire life, what, what, it's, what it's worth... Is being played out in front of the television uh, cameras, so really, really boring. Very, very dull, very, very drawing. And um, another one here. Oh, uh, comedian Jim Bowen, super smashing you've won a caravan, has uh, hit the bullseye after being voted the nation's favourite quiz show host. Isn't that interesting? Uh, the former teacher. Uh, but who do you think took second place? The nation's favourite TV quiz host. Who do you think took second place? You're going to die laughing on this one. Seriously, the second place. Wait a minute. Well, but I'll tell you, third was Bradley Walsh. OK, so number one was Jim Bowen. Three was Bradley Walsh. Should have been number one, at least, or joint number one. And who is the second person? Go on. Go on, have a guess. You'd probably go, oh, Brucey, Bob Monkhouse, all of the big names who do quizzes. Victoria Corrin Mitchell. What? Who? Apparently, host of the quiz, Only Connect, took second place with 11%. What? What a pile of doggy-doos, ladies and gentlemen. There's a, nobody knows who she is. She's married to uh, Mitchell bloke, David Mitchell. And she's second... Oh, rubbish, I don't believe a word of it. God, dear, cynical old Steve Allen. <laughs> can't believe it. She's number two. Make up your own jokes. Uh, Phil has just taken tea uh, to the wife. She's obviously in bed, which is quite nice. And tea—does tea, it just come as a cup of tea, or does it come on a tray with maybe a piece of hot buttered toast or something like that? Are you listening to Steve? She says. <laughs> of course, was the reply. <laughs> Sends her regards. That's what we like. Fern, stay in bed. Stay in bed. You don't need to get up. You don't listen. There's no. what have you got to do today? Lunch. Got anywhere to go? Shopping? No. Why don't you just have a have a day in? Actually, the trouble is, you do need a day out. I've decided. I've, I've come to the conclusion that if I ever have days in. I kind, of, I kind of sort of think to myself, I get a bit drowsy about middle of the afternoon, so I, I like to go out. Guess what? Jeremy Kyle says he's not bothered if viewers hate him. I don't know where you've got this from, Jeremy. Nobody's, nobody's ever mentioned the fact they hate you. Nobody's ever, you know, it's just the fact that we thought you should have put the wife on, on the lie detector test. You know, so we asked you the question, did you have a fling, did you have sexual relations with that horse jumping bloke? You said no. Why did you say no? Because I was telling the truth. The survey says you are lying. There you go. Get at it. There. Why can't we do that? Make it more entertaining. He says here he's turned down big money offers to appear on reality TV. But, Jeremy, you are on a reality TV show. You don't re- we don't really believe that the, the, these people are genuine. I think they come from an agency. I mean, you don't... What, genuine people who sleep with each other have got no teeth and tattoos around their neck? Don't be so ridiculous. They're from an agency. It's makeup, isn't it? They're not, they're not genuinely women who wear track suits. Please, no. And with fake hair and, and Ugg boots and everything else and shout and scream and swear. No, it's from an agency. Nobody could be that disgusting. Please. But he, d- he doesn't care if he's hated. He says, um... He says, you do get used to certain things. It's famous for its outspoken guests. They're not outspoken, dear. They're just vulgar and rude and cheap. But there again, that's how you make your living. You know, I, 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 don't, I don't knock it. I just think, don't, don't try and justify it. Nobody really cares, actually, anymore. Oh, look, Amy Childs. My God, she's playing. I'll tell you what, now you see Amy Childs when her hair's short, you suddenly realise how bad extensions can be for your hair. Rips your hair out. I said to Phil Vickery, don't ever have hair extensions, please. It's not necessary. I thought about having them at one time. OK, just me again. Uh, RBS and Lloyd's to shut 400 branches. Does anybody use a branch? Does anybody go into a branch anymore? You can use a hole-in-the-wall machine, can't you? Diddly-dip machine. You don't need to actually go in there and physically. You can do it all online. Uh, the sad news about Paul Daniels, his incurable brain cancer. And I want to put in Denise Robertson as well. From this morning, uh, she's been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. I don't know. It's not good, is it? Olly Mers could be leaving the X Factor. Whatever. Professor Green's marriage is over, as we predicted, and uh, Prince William advised by all the experts, pull your finger out and do some work. For goodness sake, you're getting as lazy as Andrew.
0: On This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC, text 84850, Steve Allen. On LBC.
1: Morning, a pretty nice to have company coming up. Four minutes past seven, Sunday morning, twenty-first of February. Professor Green's marriage is over to Milly McIntosh. I think it was over months and months ago. Uh, Eighty-five thousand people changed their names by deed poll. So says the latest. Mister Bacon Double Cheeseburger. Now I'm not making it up. That is in fact what he's now called himself. Prince William advised by all the uh, all the columnists today. Pull your finger out and do some work. You become as lazy as Prince Andrew. The Premiership star who's moved in with a lap dancer. Is it about time we dropped BAFTA ball? Stephen Fry, never funny, never funny. The Z-Listers queue up to injure themselves on the jump. Tamara Eccleston's husband has been quizzed. And Russell Brand moves in to sedate Henley. Poor old Henley. Oh, and Eric's car, set to earn a fortune. 84850, steve and uh, we shall put everything in on the programme. We don't miss anything at all. <coughs> Excuse me. Rod has downsized. Rod Stewart has downsized his uh, house. He was uh, living in Epping. And he's moved into this new pad. It's a £4.5 million mansion. It's very nice, actually. Not as nice as the last place. Not as nice as the, uh, as the last place. Uh, Phil, Phil tells me that the, uh, the cup of tea for Fern always on a tray. Always on a tray. So uh, that's quite good, actually. And uh, he says, on the menu today, braised short ribs. I watched... I don't know if any of you have ever watched... Is it The Cooking Network? It's, it's an American thing, and they do short ribs. And they seem to put them... They sort of coat them both sides, and they put them in, and they steam them, or whatever they do in the oven, for what seems like days on end. And so that's carrots, onions, and mash. That sounds quite nice, doesn't it? What a godsend to be married to somebody who can cook... He says, by the way, I'm very obedient. <laughs> I like the idea. I like the extensions. The extensions looking good. Looking good. Actually, isn't it funny? When, when you start losing your hair, you do think about having extensions or wearing a hat. And I always say to people, because we used to have a, one of my producers actually years ago, she had hair extensions done. And um, and they cost a small fortune. And then she discovered after a while they were ripping her own hair out because they're quite heavy, these, uh, these hair extensions. So whenever you see people, have them put in, the next best time is when they're taken out again. Most people look absolutely ridiculous. I mean, why does anybody ever think that hair down to your waist has been grown by you? The answer is it hasn't. You bought it off the Internet and it's stuck on. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So please, no more hair extensions. Perhaps we'll see the, uh, you know, the end of them next year. Uh, Jeremy Kyle's show is for chavs, says Tom. Right. <laughs> well, actually, I don't. Well, I mean, put it this way it does. It only features chavs, doesn't it? I don't. And I'm not even sure some of them qualify as chavs. I mean, I've never seen so many toothless old hags on there with tattoos and mothers and shouting at the father of their children. I mean, oh, dear, it's really quite depressing. Quite depressing. Um, another one here. You mentioned being nervous regarding heights. Says Paul, our family treated the wife and myself to a trip up the Shard. And while we were there, at the top viewing area, a gang of window cleaners were going down the outside. (gasps) I did think of you. Thank you so much. Yes, I mean, I can't do things like that. I I was watching something the other day. It was somebody in Dubai. They were right at the top of this building. And uh, and they were literally perching on an outside. Well, honestly, I felt physically ill. (laughs) <laughs> I'm struggling, Steve, with anxiety and depression. I've had to go back onto pills, but your programme in the mornings helping me take my mind off it. Yes, I mean, it's, it's the early mornings. It depends if you're by yourself. If you're by yourself, then, uh, you know, I can imagine that sort of the early mornings would not be the best time for you. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And uh, another one here, very quickly. Oh, a lot of people are talking about the the medical operations that everybody's having. This is only after we've seen these uh, horrendous pictures in the paper today of this little uh, little boy. Very, very, very sad. It really is very sad for anybody. Uh, also, uh, Telly number cruncher Rachel Riley is losing count of the male fans who want to date Rachel, let me offer you some advice, darling. Okay, I don't I don't want to be sort of trying to preach to the converted. But the more you talk about rubbish like that, the lower down in everybody's estimation you're going to be going. Nobody cares. okay. nobody cares about male fans who want to date you. And if you cheapen yourself by doing these sort of interviews, it will end up really coming back to bite you on the bum. It's as simple as that. Try and have a little bit of decorum. Try and remember to keep mouth zipped up just on odd occasions when you don't want to talk about things like that. Because it's not going to do you any favours. All these people, you know, who end up sort of going out there behaving badly, mainly Towie, mainly Chelsea, it comes back and it bites them on the bum very, very hard indeed. So just be, uh, just remember, and just remember that Steve Allen told you that if you want to have some sort of lasting career, standing there on countdown talking about, you know, people who fancy you is not going to help. Best spare ribs, says Matt, were at Kentucky Fried Chicken. I didn't know they ever did. Um things like spare ribs do they oh i love spare ribs (gasps) oh love spare ribs short ribs i quite like but we went to this place i told you in america which was absolutely gorgeous called the outback there's one over here i think in stains but the quality of the meat that we get is not as good as the meat that they have and (laughs) phil vickery says i don't think on the jeremy kyle show i've ever seen a full set of teeth no, I mean, I have to be honest with you, I've, I've, it's, it just, I'm always amazed that people who want to air their dirty linen and washing in public on a show where people are laughing at them. And some people seem to be addicted to it, so they go back, and they go back, and they go back, time and time again, and then they go, right. I mean, a couple of them, they, they, they've almost been a bit simple. I think they are fairly simple, most of them, and nobody appears to have a job. And, and they sort of say to them, uh, right, so, so why are you here today? Because I think she's been cheating on me. 1980s KFC sold ribs, did they? Would they go back to selling them? That'd be a winner, wouldn't it? Spare ribs. Oh, I'm lovely. I Could eat spare. ribs. No, could I eat spare ribs now? No, not spare ribs now. Kentucky fried chicken now? No. Well, yeah, I think I think probably yes is the answer to that one. I think so. But uh, spare ribs, definitely not. Agreed. Spare ribs were the best, says Phil. How lovely. I could I could eat, but short ribs, the way you you do, you do a, sort of like a big. It's a big chunk, isn't it? You cut it down the middle. Because they do it on this on this programme, on the television, where this bloke goes round and he goes to restaurants and they just cook whatever is their normal thing. And it does involve copious amounts of meat. I mean, one of them, I mean, the burger must be about two foot tall with, you know, the burger meat and then the sauce and everything. And when you see what goes into the sauce... I mean, just really bad. One of them, OK, now two pounds of brown sugar. In goes two pounds of brown sugar. Now half a bottle of soy sauce, half a bottle of Worcestershire sauce, uh, and then some granulated this, and then some paprika. And, and you look at it and you think, oh, my God. But it probably tastes nice. The Americans are big into their into their food. They like their food, as indeed you can see. Uh, the lowest of the low, the care home staff, conning cash and the old and the infirm. And this is... Uh, this is people who work in care homes who thieve off the elderly people. And, uh, again, I'm afraid I'm left quite cold with stories like this. There was, uh, there was one here uh, called Lisa McIntyre. Lisa McIntyre was a care home manager who walked free from court after stealing more than £20,000 from three vulnerable residents and had to pay back only a pound. Um, I mean, I find it just... I mean, it, She was in debt and had no assets, so all they got back was a pound. Well, you know, I don't really care. I don't really care, I'm afraid. She stole £20,000. She stole a crucifix, cash and everything else. And uh, there was another one here. Some poor man who goes in and they stole his army photos. And then there's another one stealing £20. This is Lisa Cobain, who urged an MS sufferer, Malcolm, to look around his Stockport home before taking the money from his mantelpiece. Anyway, she's got a a 12-week suspended sentence. I mean, where is the deterrent? Five thefts a day, £2.7 million in three years. Thieves slip wedding rings off their fingers. I mean, suspended sentence. You are joking, aren't you? I mean, it's just absolutely sickening that that people would go and work in care homes and thieve off the elderly people in there. So this woman here, the care home manager, Lisa McIntyre, she siphoned off the money and used it to pay for a holiday to America and gambling sprees. 20000 and she had to pay back a pound because she's in debt. Well, kind of tough, darling. Kind of tough, I'm afraid. God, if that had been any parent of mine, you wouldn't have known what would have hit the ground. Why why would it be a suspended sentence? I don't quite understand why a suspended sentence. Why can't they send them to prison? Why can't they send them to prison? They've always got excuses, haven't they? Uh, William the Unwilling, a no-show at the BAFTAs. He's supposed to be president of BAFTA. You'd never know, would you, Prince? What are we doing, dear? Doing your hair and makeup or something? What were you doing? Why were you not at BAFTA's? Two engagements all year. Even the royal eyebrows are being raised at the prince who's gone missing in action. Well, he's not just gone missing in action, he's uh, he's just not doing anything. He's as bad as Harry. They've learnt how to be lazy. Learnt how to be lazy. Because he doesn't do anything. He's president of BAFTA. He didn't even bother showing up there. What's the point? Take it away from him. Give it to somebody else who's more deserving. You know, it's a bit like Sarah Ferguson. She started this malaise where sort of trolling around having your toes sucked. Now Prince Andrew and his two useless daughters, they don't do anything. Prince Harry's not exactly the hardest working member. The hardest working member's the Queen. More engagements than anybody else. It's an embarrassment, William. Pull your finger out, do something, for goodness sake. Even the Royal Correspondent said the same. You know, William the Unwilling. That's not a good thing to have, is it? Bad press. All round, most of the papers today saying you need to do something. Pull your finger out. okay? Uh, What have we got here? This is uh, somebody. Who's Dudley Dursley? A character in Harry Potter. Thank you. Okay, Lovely. Somebody knows something about Harry Potter. I don't know anything about Harry Potter at all. And the Met Office staff are set to walk out over pay. Now they get uh what do they get? Female senior meteorologists earn about twenty eight grand a year. Good lord, I thought they'd have earned a lot wouldn't you have thought they'd have earned more than twenty eight grand a year for reading that? mind you it's not difficult, is it? And here is a weather map and it's gonna be raining, it comes in here, and it's gonna be snow, and that's the North Sea. Thank you. And they go, oh, lovely. You got that Carol Kirkwood. You know she's so underemployed. She was able to take time off to dance in the Strictly Come Dancing program. You know, old woman reads out loud words on auto cue. And here is the country. Let me rain. Who cares? Look out the window. It's a bone idle. Honestly, let's close down the Met Office. There's no point in keeping it. It doesn't. What's the point of having it? They still do uh, lovely uh, reports, don't they, for all the fishermen in the North Sea? Dogger Bank, Finisterre, bright to breezy. Winds Storm Four. You know, you think who listens to that? Who listens to it? Nobody. Me. I'm the only person. I'm the only person. Right, 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 right. What do we get? Oh, we need to take a break. Actually, I've just realised because it's uh, only, only. Don't get too excited. Quarter past seven.
0: Leading Britain's conversation, Steve Allen. Tweet Mm -hmm. at LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. Seven twenty, Sunday morning. Don't get up. Please don't get up. You don't need to add to the chaos on the roads, do you? you much as well just stay in bed, just disappear into the pillow. Is that nice and comfy. Very quiet. Don't go to sleep. I don't want anybody going to sleep on this programme. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Ian says, I travel to Glasgow each boxing day for four days to catch up with family and friends. Is that four days to sober them up and then catch up with them? Or is that four days of sort of boozing? He says the cheapest return ticket by train costs £282 and takes six hours. My flight with BA has cost £76 return and takes an hour. When the government owned East Coast Rail, I took a first-class ticket from Kings, Cluster, King's Cross to Edinburgh for 42 quid, including a meal and wine. Now that franchise has been sold the same ticket, £444. Ugh, oh, grief. Costs a fortune. That is an absolute f- Fortune, it really—I've never known anything that costs uh, so much money. That is a serious amount of money, isn't it? And um, another one who says very sad about Paul Daniels. Did you see the BBC News website featured your tweet? Yes. You can only assume there must be somebody down at the BBC News website who listens to my programme. And also because I think I was the first person uh, from the Magic Circle to actually tweet. I didn't tweet it from the Magic Circle, quite uh, quite obviously. But uh, it's always sad when something like that happens. I get very upset about all sorts of things, as you know. And uh, great stuff. So, says Ed, Phil Vickery doubles up as the milk tray man for Fern, albeit with tea and toast. I don't think AB sales down to the um, down the side of the... <laughs> Throws himself through the window. that would be funny. He says, Phil's gluten-free cookbook is well used within our household. So there you go. And uh, sadly, the Outback at Stain shut down a few years ago, says Winnie. It wasn't the same as the American one. Something was lacking, probably service, I should imagine, and the quality of the meat. Because the, the American meat is better. I don't care what anybody says. But uh, I love watching Food Network. Good to have it on in the background, apart from the radio. Get lots of cooking ideas and tips. Thinking of changing my name to Winnie, I love Steve Allen. That would work, wouldn't it? Winnie I love to This is after somebody changed it to Mr Bacon Double Cheeseburger. Oh, I and mean, he's quite clearly off his trolley. Uh, another one here, very quickly, on Quiz Show Host. David Mitchell is host of a number of quiz shows on both television and radio. He's witty and intelligent. Victoria is great fun, but you get the feeling the only place she's been is second best quiz show host. Yes, I mean, to be honest with you, I wouldn't have thought half the country know who she is. Seriously, out of all the people. Out of all the people. Um, eight four eight five oh. Stephen LBC dot co dot uk, and uh, uh, L says Ellie, you'll be telling us next you don't know who Alan Corrin is. I think was actually would be the term there. Uh, was not so much of a spike this morning, more like a shard. And I'm never Stephen, never Stephen. I I, I delete people for even saying things like that. You know, the moment somebody says Stephen with a V, uh, unfortunately, you get uh, you get deleted completely. Uh, Martin Bromley says the the. Sp- Bare Ribs, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Why do they not do them? I wonder. I wonder. And somebody says, uh, I'm one of the rare people, Steve, who does have waist-length hair that is all mine. Yeah, most of the people, you see them on... on uh, on the television programmes, you know, it'll be some new new bird that they've dragged out of nowhere, and they've stuck her on uh, Towie, and so they've made her wear makeup, and then she's had hair extensions, and then she just looks like the other tarts on there. Great embarrassment! Great embarrassment! I've stayed at the Shard," says Anna. "You must have loads of money." Uh, another one here. Uh, this is from 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 from, from. and. Um, Oh, people talking about the price of, of train tickets. Actually, I've got a good story on, on travel, which is quite nice. Drivers are twice as likely to stop for pedestrians who smile. So if you're standing by the side of the road, you're trying to get, and nobody's stopping for you. Of course, I mean, they're very naughty. Put one foot on the crossing, and if they don't, you bang on their roof as it goes past. But uh, in the in the study, what they did, they actually sort of went out there, and on crossings and open roads, a smile stopped traffic That's like, you know, if ever somebody lets me out in my car, you know, I always wave and go, thank you, like that. Trying to look as if I'm the chauffeur or something. (laughs) It's not really my car. But uh, always very interesting. Always very, very interesting. Uh, What have we got here? Marks and Sexy. Goodbye to Emma Thompson. And now they've got in somebody else who you've never heard of. This is Alexa Chung. You don't know who who Alexa Chung is, so it makes no difference at all. And uh, you watch... um, it was nice to see Ivanka on the television. That's Donald Trump's daughter, lovely. Uh, a lot of meat from America, says Phil, full of antibiotics and hormones and growth things, everything else like that. It, they do. It, it does seem. It does seem much better than, than our meat. I was watching the aged beef the other day. They were doing a thing where they sort of aged beef, and it's not like you just leaving beef in your fridge because it'll go, it'll go manky and horrible. But this is beef which is apparently it's by appointment to the Queen. Aged beef and some of it 21 days and they just take the mould off and it's, uh, it seems to be all perfect. Thomas uh, thought that Professor Green was happy with his marriage. I watched the documentary and he wants a baby. Yeah, won't be with her though. They've, uh, they've announced that they are splitting up. I'm not at all surprised. I predicted it ages ago. I mean, quite clearly, nobody really knew who she was before she did Made in Chelsea. And she turns out to be a bit of a pain. He turns out to be a bit of a pain as well. And sort of, you know, he's... Uh, I don't know. I just thought, I don't know, the television programme where he went out to talk to homeless people, I didn't kind of rate it at all. I just... And, you know, and he's, he does this other programme on the television. It's a case of, you know, I, I don't... You know, you look at people, you think, are they just putting them on there because he's going out with somebody? And I got the feeling that he's a bit of a champagne socialist, you know, working class boy and all this Professor Green. His real name's Stephen, isn't it? Stephen Hankey or something peculiar. Manderson, is it? Manderson. So there you go. So Stephen Manderson, but I'm Professor Green. I think the moment he started doing quiz shows on the television, his street cred went out the window. Charlotte likes listening to this programme, makes being up at this ungodly hour so much better, which I like. And, um... And one here who says, Steve, this is my great-great-grandmother. Why do old pictures always look so creepy? I've been restoring them. It's because they had to stay still for such a long time. Nowadays, you just say to somebody, "Okay," and I, my friend Chris Chris Christodoulou, can take loads of pictures on his phone in pitch darkness and you just pick out the best one. In the old days, in the Victorian, when they first started doing those uh, pictures, you put the plate in, then you took the front cover off and people had to hold the pose. You know, hold it, hold it, hold it. Hold. So, of course, people look miserable. Nobody was ever smiling. Nobody was ever smiling in those pictures at all. <laughs> oh,
0: oh, dear.
1: Uh, Warren says, I can't stop thinking about Paul Daniels. It's very, very sad. It is very sad, actually. But he's uh, off to San Francisco today. At least the weather is warm. You can sing that song, can't you? If you're going to San Francisco. He says, and what's the first thing you do when you get up? I look out the window. Um, I don't. I don't. Well, the first thing I do when I get up is go to the bathroom. That's the first thing I do. Have a wee. And uh, then I go to the kitchen, and then I put the... I've got a, a machine that boils water. It's not a kettle, but it might as well be. And you just put cold water in it. It's got a tank. Then you push a button, and it dispenses boiling hot water. It's cheaper than having the thing fitted under the thing. It was only, like, 30 quid or something from um, Coopers of Bishop Stortford or something like that. And... um and then I, and I look through, through the front door and see if it's been raining. And that's it. I don't do anything at all. Is it bad? The first thing I do, says the producer, is look at my phone to see if there are any messages I need to respond to. Actually, the first thing I do, I, I do go through my uh, tweets and see what's you know who's actually been saying what. Then I go on to my emails from work. And so, because we've got a new new system now, so I I can access mine at home, which I've always been able to do, and and I read to see if there's anything important, and then I turn on the telly, and I do the same thing every morning, exactly the same. If if you filmed me, you see me doing exactly the same things, different pajamas, of course, and uh, because I don't have any pajamas, woo, hold that thought. And so then I turn on the telly, check the news to see what's actually gone on, and then I feel I can face the day, and then have my cup of coffee, take my tablets, have a shave, and then climb into the shower. Works perfectly for me. Works perfectly for me. I love it every single day. When I I was always smart, says Phil, and uh, thumbing a lift in the eighties always got a lift. I bet you did. Actually, I used to hitch up from from Newbury to Reading, and the only people I used to dread getting lifts on were lorry drivers because the lorries were so noisy and the ca- you couldn't hear anything. You literally couldn't. And they go, "Where so are you going over there? I where are you there? Hey." Eh? And in the end, I just sort of gave up, pretended I didn't speak English. Uh, <laughs> 84850, Stephen LBC. Oh, the reason that the American meat is uh, full of uh, tenderness is because it's full of growth promoters. Growth promoters. That's, uh, so it, it comes over as very tender. Uh, people talking in the papers, and there's a couple of stories. One is a, uh, a story of a of a young man who killed himself because he was addicted to slot machines and it wasn't it, not just the old fruit machines that we did you know a couple of cherries was worth so much one cherry cherry's worth something three melons was always the jackpot and you know it got your four quid or something now it's uh, it's they call them the crack cocaine gambling machines we'll talk about them in a moment because there is a man here a middle-class accountant who was addicted and i keep saying to people it's a
0: machine
1: it's programmed to win it's programmed to take money from you And it's a machine. You know, if it was just somebody dealing cards, I could understand it. But it's a machine. This bloke lost £3,000 in one hour. (sighs) I'd have been in tears. I'd have been in tears. LBC News, time 7.30 now. This is LBC with Steve Allen. It's Sunday morning, but you knew that, didn't you? You knew it was Sunday morning. Oh, it appears to be all right. Oh, no. The the email's gone a bit funny, actually, this morning. They're having a mind of their own. A mind of their own. They were fine first time round, and then all of a sudden they started playing silly beggars. I think it's okay. actually at the moment it seems to be okay. Then all of a sudden, when I sort of clicked onto something, the uh, the little toolbar started disappearing. I noticed at the end of Outlook, the uh, the double O K or whatever it is in the end of it seems to have gone a bit funny as well. And it just started moving down. See, look, it's, it's it was sort of it was sort of messing around. Sorry, I'm talking to the producer. That to do with you. Mind your own business at home. All right, just go and do something different. Go and wash the car. And it just started... It's, it's all right at the moment. But that, that bar started moving down all by itself. It's odd, isn't it? I think I was leaning on something. Possibly. Old, Silly old Steve Allen, eh? Goodness sake, honestly, at 26 minutes to age, you can't expect perfection. Not at this price, anyway. So, these, um, these fruit machines. Now, years ago, and I'll be totally honest with you, I've told you before, that uh, when I was younger... Uh, much younger than today, I never needed anybody's help in any way. Sorry, I, um, I, I used to go and play fruit machines in pubs. I never drank. That was the odd thing. I didn't drink. I just played fruit machines. So I'd go in there with a little bag full of pound coins and I'd play fruit machines and I would sit there waiting. I'd watch fruit... I didn't know anything about them. I did have a book once on fruit machines which showed you all the current leading fruit machines and where the winning lines were. So it showed you what the reels were. And they're huge, the reels in there. Absolutely huge. Now, of course, it's a computer... So you can't see anything. So what people do is they go to the betting shop and you see them playing these computers and they're very, very addictive because it lets you win. Bearing in mind, you are playing against the whole country. You're not playing against that one machine. You're playing against the whole country and how much people are betting. And uh, I've seen people betting on the television. This one here uh, in the mail is talking about the horror of watching a middle-class accountant lose £3,000 in an hour on a, on a crack cocaine gambling machine. They do destroy you. And there is another story. This time from a father. And uh, he hopes that his son's tragic death can be a wake-up call for the devastating impact of these fixed odds betting terminals. Uh, John Myers wants a crackdown after his son committed suicide. Uh, this was over a secret addiction that has cost him thousands. He was laughing and joking on a family holiday days earlier, but behind the facade, uh, he felt desperate and ashamed. He'd taken out a payday loan to fund his habit. Because what people think is, if you put money into a fruit machine and you lose, if you put more money in, then you will win the jackpot or something like that, and you will get your money back and then it'll be fine. But that's where the addiction comes in. The machine doesn't think like that. The machine doesn't have feelings. The machine doesn't care. It just knows that you're putting money in there and it's going to take it. That's that's how they work. It's it's as simple as that. Anyway, he, uh, he actually pleaded with some websites to ban him. But, of course, you know, they're supposed to be. You're supposed to regulate yourself. In the end, on May 2014, he fed £500 into a machine. <sighs> you see, I mean, even me... I wouldn't even think of feeding £500 in at all. Uh, Ryan left a suicide note saying how much he loved his family and his fiance. He transferred his uh, last £300 to his dad's account so he could pass it on to her. And uh, so now his father's launched a petition online. He said... Uh, Ryan put out a message saying he was very sorry. It doesn't come down to that, though. And I know it's absolutely heartbreaking, but you see... People going, can you imagine if all the places where they had these terminals, they went, oh, well, you know, we aren't going to let anybody in anymore. Because you can be addicted whether you're, you know, sort of 17, 18 years old or whether you're 67 or 70. It makes no difference. I mean, a spokesman for the Association of British Bookmakers said, we deeply sympathise. The industry takes responsible gambling very seriously. and We've introduced new measures to tackle problem gambling. Uh, but now you can put your credit card behind the counter of a betting shop and they will rack up the credits on the machine. So if you say, oh, can I put £50 on? Because you don't see it because it's gone on a credit card, you don't think that you've gambled 50 quid, do you? I mean, I, I personally wouldn't wouldn't do it. I'd be too frightened to, uh, to lose the money. It's not that I'm mean or tight in any way, shape or form. It's just that I, I could see the error of my ways. What is the point of feeding money into a computer? I might as well just go and drop it down the drain outside. And so, you know, sad though it is, and it is immensely sad. It's, you know, you're supposed to look after it yourself. You're supposed to be adult enough to go, I don't want to play. I don't want to gamble anymore with these things. But people, people don't. One man here, this is the uh, the middle-aged accountant. He says, I've maxed out all my cards on these machines. He says, "The, the, the terminals destroy you. Roulette was all I thought of. Not for everybody. Some people can go and put 20 quid into a machine and walk away from it. He says, I wasn't a husband or a father. I was always betting, always betting. And so now he is, uh, he is a lot better. He's sought help and he hasn't gambled for three years. But at the time, he was totally addicted to them. And, you know, I've, I've had friends of mine who've been addicted. I used to, in case if we'd walk past the betting shop, me and my friend Graham, we might go in and do 20 quid each. But that, that would be it because it, you can lose 20 quid very, very fast. It's, it's even faster if you go to Vegas. In fact, it's, it's really, uh, really very, very fast. So, it's, you know, I used to be the manager, says Ian. You can bet up to £100 a spin on the roulette once every 30 seconds. You can do two spins a minute. That's £200 a minute, potentially twelve grand in an hour. It's frightening. It is, but people, people see it as a way of, of ending poverty. You know, you aren't playing these machines for any other reason than trying to win money. You're not doing it for charity, are you? You're not doing it so they go, ooh, every £1,200 you put into this machine, 60 of it goes to charity. You're not doing it for that. You're doing it to win. That's why people play the lottery. You're doing it to win. You don't want to do it not to win. What would be the point of that? So that's why, Ian, it's... I mean, you know, the maximum stake... It's not going to make any, any difference. Not going to make any difference at all. You know, you're really going to... Uh, you're really going to end up with not very much money on you because the one thing that gamblers don't do... Is pick up the money and walk away once they've won. They don't do that. They they put money in because they think. Wait a minute. If I'm just just supposing you put money into a machine and you win say five hundred pounds, you think I tell you if I put two hundred and fifty quid in and I get another five hundred pounds, and I'm I'm really up. Well, it doesn't work like that. Once the machine has paid out the money in the form of a jackpot, and because they're all linked into a central computer, it's going to do its damnedest to get the money back, and that's it's a computer. It's programmed to take the money back from you. You can't do anything about it. You could stand there. I've seen people covering the reels with their hands. Like, that makes a difference. Or tapping the side of the machine or sort of scratching their nose or something. It doesn't work like that. They are. They are machines guaranteed to make money. And they make money. Unfortunately, some people get themselves so into debt. And I've seen it happen before. There is nothing you can do about it. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk and uh, another one here, and uh, Nick in Feltham. is going to be in Richmond for today. Well, that's a place I should be avoiding. Straight away. <laughs> it's my birthday. Oh, God, dear. Not sure about birthdays on a Sunday. not sure about that at all. Uh, the one-armed bandits can only take so much money each that common sense will tell you it's not going to pay a jackpot very often. The trouble is they aren't one-armed bandits, are they now? They're just push buttons. When was the last time you went out there, apart from to the fun fair, and pulled pulled a handle on the right-hand side of the machine? You don't. You don't <laughs> Is Warren gambling on his computer, says Jean. If only if only no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Stevers, you're so polite. Uh you must have noticed the demise in road manners. I've um Well I don't I don't notice a demise in in, ro- in 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 road manners at all. I've always thought that, you know, if you if you smile I always say thank you to somebody. Always. You know, if somebody lets me out of a, of a side turning, I always go, "Thank you, thank you," and, and you know just and look as I'm happy, But apparently the trick is, if you're standing by the side of the road and you need to cross, a big smile on your face will either get you an ambulance uh, or, um or somebody letting you cross, And it's the smile that helps, isn't it? A smile goes, goes an awful long way in this day and age. It really does. Um, so th- so that's why politeness doesn't cost it oh look there's a picture of anthea turner <laughs> ghastly apparently she's finally sold the french ski chateau she bought with her now ex-husband grant bovy <gasps> the irritating anthea turner oh dear me anyway she sold it apparently uh for five well it was it was five million whether or not they've sold that um i've got no idea but uh she has to be out by march Very irritating, very irritating. Oh, look, we're so successful. Grant Bolfi, there was a disaster waiting to happen. And uh, surprise, surprise, it happened. And so they got divorced and then she had to move it. Oh, I don't know, really, it's ridiculous. Uh, Steve, the decision to delay taking pensions last season was a bad gamble I made. Shares still not hit rock bottom, says Dave. In my teens, says Mark. That's another one. The machines always paid the jackpot when they were first switched on in the morning. It was only three quid, but we used the winnings to pay for the snooker table for our Saturday afternoon games. Getting the caravan ready. Woo! For a walking holiday in Devon. Crikey. And uh, on the old gambling machines, you could alter the reels for percentage winning. Yeah, well, in the old ones, the electronic ones, you could open them underneath. And you could set to how much you thought they, they were going to uh, to pay out. But it's a machine. OK, there's no easy way, you know. It doesn't make any difference. You can, you can stand there on one leg and recite the Gettysburg Address and it won't make any difference at all. Interestingly enough, there is a, a lovely story about Barbara Windsor. Uh, he's... Uh, <laughs> poor Scott. I'm so sorry, Scott. They still call you the Toy Boy Hubby. I mean, really. They've been married for a lot. He's 52 now. Toy Boy Hubby. We'll always have a laugh over that one. But um, he says, unfortunately, he said, uh, Barbara gets Dame... I don't get a title. It does not work the other way. When a lady becomes a dame, a title does not go to the man. They wed in the year 2000. You know, people go, it won't last, it won't last. Of course it does. He says, a bell now rings when she walks into the room. For her part, Barbara insists the accolade hasn't changed it, but says, it does feel strange. I'm only just getting used to it. I still want the public to go, hello, Babs. Lovely to see you. But, uh, and they always will do. And I won't even mention, because it's so rude as to how old she is, because uh, she looked fantastic the other day. It was a brilliant picture of her in the papers. I think she'd been to see Mrs Henderson Presents and loves it. But Paul Scott is always going to be known as that toy boy hubby. I don't know. It's quarter to eight.
0: Leading Britain's Conversation, Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Leading Britain's Conversation, Stig Abel. This morning from eight on LBC. Stick will be with you this
1: morning in uh, thir- 13 minutes' time. Thir- <laughs> just what I tell you now, just in case. 13 minutes' time. So it's going to be the EU. Talking about Donald Trump as well. Which I mean, you know, is he the most dangerous man in... Did you see that speech that he made? I don't normally do politics. Uh, mainly because it, it, it doesn't particularly interest me. I know it seems a bit daft. But I did watch Donald Trump in particular, because one minute you're doing The Apprentice, and I think, he's not going to be president, is he? Please, God. And he was going, we've got to support the troops. We love the troops. We're going to be the force. And I'm thinking, he's kind of like goading. It was a bit of goading. I saw it as goading. You know, I can say that because I'm a lay person. I'm nothing to do with the American government in any way, shape or form. And so he was sort of saying, we're going to have the biggest, the best form. They're going to have the best equipment. The generals are going to have this. And then he went on to the police force. And they've had some pretty ropey times over in America. And so that sort of got a bit of whooping. And then he mentioned vets. What in God's name was he on about there? Perhaps he's been to the vet recently. All in all, it was preaching, preaching to the party faithful. Yeah, we got 9,000 people here and then 10,000 came the other day and 35,000 this and that. I thought, yeah, it's mainly people, you know, who are sort of, um, sort of watching you with great interest. What is going on in Trafalgar Square this morning? Are they, are they digging it up or something here in London? Road shut for filming. Oh, they're filming in Trafalgar Square. All the side roads, they've got sort of lorries booked in there. I've parked um, sort of near there. And I thought it was the sort of lorries that come with filming. So I can't imagine what it's going to be. How exciting. Filming in, in Trafalgar Square. Whoopee! That's the exciting thing about London. We get the film premieres in Leicester Square. You get the filming in Trafalgar Square. But there's loads of lorries. They were out there this morning from about, about four o'clock. So I can't wait to see what it is. Perhaps I could be roped in. Perhaps I could be an extra. I could be. Wonder Woman? Oh God, how dull. All those trucks for Wonder Woman. I'm not trying to resurrect that old dead. Are they? Lord above. Wonder Woman was Linda Carter, wasn't it? Linda Carter, who sort of did the and then she turned into Wonder Woman. I'm not sure that's exciting. Perhaps she'll be flying in over Trafalgar Square. It'll be interesting. You'll all be trying to get there. This is this is the film for 2017. I would think I bet you anything. I bet you anything. So Robin Wright, Chris Pine, Connie Nielsen. uh, They started filming. In November, it's going to come out 2017, based on characters obviously from the DC Comics. Oh, interesting! And it's Gal Gadot as Diana Prince, who is Wonder Woman. She's the immortal demigoddess, daughter of Zeus. It's drug time, isn't it? Really, I mean, it really is. And that's what she look. They all look the same, though, don't they? All the same. She's an actress and a fashion model. Oh well, there you go. Uh, she... Also, she's best known for her role as Giselle in the Fast and the Furious none the wiser are you really i know i also said exactly the same isn't that funny so there you go wonder woman filming lovely and um scott is lovely says warren great friend of danny's yes uh, scott is lovely but he's always poor old scott honestly always get called the uh, the toy boy um, husband of barbara windsor but uh says we all hung out uh me danny barbara scott Happy days, eh? Happy days. Good lord! Oh dear me, ladies and gentlemen, what have we got? Oh my God! We've seven minutes to go. Uh, went to see Motown: The Great Musical. Says Ron. Well, you don't need to. Um, you don't need to convince me about Tamla Motown music. I was the the biggest fan. Biggest fan of well, not the biggest fan, quite clearly, but I loved Tamla Motown. Absolutely adored it. Detroit City, Michigan, Motortown, Motown. This is the Motown sound. Uh, Malcolm says, didn't Jeremy Kyle once have a gambling problem? Yes, you're quite right. Well done for remembering. He was in the papers. They caught him going in and out of a a betting shop. That apparently is now a gambling problem. So there you go. Uh, Mind you, a lot of footballers uh, go gambling, don't they? And they enjoy that. You can lose even more quickly playing roulette online. They have a quick spin button, which spins every couple of seconds. Some have maximum stake of 3,000 or more and your card details are stored on site so even easier to lose 65 today for Annette off to do lots of lovely things in central London but you can find yourself in a film if you play your cards right down at at Trafalgar Square which is lovely Um, another one here which is talking about uh, the way that people gamble uh, nowadays oh vets, war veterans duh duh I never saw that one coming, Sharon. I I couldn't work out why we were talking about the vets. I thought, why would you mention vets? You've just done the police, the forces, and now the vets. Have you had a sort of a sick rabbit or something? Or Or Ivanka might have been taken there. She looks like she could go to a vet. Veterans. God, I wish they wouldn't do these things. It just makes me look silly, doesn't it? I should have said... Did you know that one? We didn't think about it, did we? No, I didn't think about it at all. It's a. I mean, goodness, it looks, it's five to eight on a Sunday. We're not supposed to be awake. You know, we're awake as, in so much as we can do a programme. But we don't know what vets are. Over here, it's somewhere you... T- I love that Super Vet programme. Have you seen that one? That's very good, where people take their pets on their last legs. And this man sort of brings them back to life there was one lady the other week she had a dachshund not my favorite dogs you know there's something about them they're a bit, bit me, 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 like that kind of dog it's not sort of butch enough to be a proper dog and anyway this uh, this dog had something the matter it didn't want to do anything little face they were such lovely little faces anyway um the operation she needed i can't believe the price that this, this vet is able to charge but i do know that people with animals will pay a lot of money between three and five thousand quid for this operation so she didn't have three to five thousand pounds well, she kind of did, but she didn't let on at the beginning. And so she phoned her parents up, and her parents weren't keen to lend her the money. They said, no, it's, it's too much money. The dog's not worth that. Ooh, how can you say that to somebody who's a dog lover? How can you say that? Anyway, she was saving up to get married, and so she took the money out of there, and all's well that ends well. It's a super programme, though. Very interesting. I love it. I'm very interested in that. Very, very interested. Um, Dion and uh, David... We saw Slightly Fat Feature at Leicester Square Theatre last night. It was non-stop laugh out loud. 10 out of 10, which is good. We like a 10 out of 10. We don't get it very often, do we? And uh, Scott doesn't get anything from Barbara's Damehood. Does that mean the Garden Gnomes remain untitled? I don't think they're there anymore, actually. (laughs) I don't think they're there. Nick in Feltham says, at least my birthday's not on St Patrick's Day. Listen, I don't mind sharing with an entire country. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Janet and I, says Little Julie, are taking part in the Mayor's Big Sing at the Rose Theatre uh, later in Kingston it's also a guest appearance from the South London Military Wives Choir the evening is to help raise funds for the Mayor's Charitable Trust supporting Kingston Hospital Dementia Appeal so there you go so good luck to, uh, good luck to you and I'm sure that it will be very very successful I'm totally convinced there will be success there uh, a lot of people talk about this, uh, this gambling and these machines and not knowing that, um, that they're all linked into the same thing they're all, they're all on on a central computer. They reckon that each machine. I heard this from somebody in the business. Forty grand a week. They reckon each machine could take. And you and you you do see people standing there spending a lot of money. On the other hand, losing a lot of money. Um, Alex says it was Donald Trump meant veterans. Thank you. Okay, I've eaten my humble pie on that one. That's the only time I'm ever going to. Uh, Ever going to be eating humble pie on that one. That's the only, only time. So, front pages of the papers. Well, it's it's Paul Daniels and that dreadful news about his incurable brain tumour. So we send uh, love to him and the family and to Debbie as well. Front page of the people. Uh, he's talking about it. I'm not afraid, he says. I'm not afraid to die. And uh, so he shouldn't. So he shouldn't. People will make things as, as good as they can for him. Uh, the Daily Mail exposed... Uh, Gove and Boris, secret EU plot Uh, The Mirror, Cliff, police chief tells probe cops to put up or shut up It's gone on for long enough now, do something for God's sake Um, The Family's Vigil for cancer-stricken Paul Daniels, his terminal illness The Daily Star, Ross Kemp TV team linked to cop to crash Uh, The Sun on Sunday, Tamara's Hubby is held in Drug King Bust You can read more about that one uh, the Observer, the choices in your hands, I believe, will be safer and stronger in the EU. Uh, front page of the Sunday Times, Cameron declares war on rebels. And War Horse, the true story by its author, Michael Morpergo And you can get that as well on the uh, LBC website, because Michael was in, for, in conversation a short while ago. What a nice man. What a nice, nice man. I told him I cried at War Horse. But there again, I cried everything, as you probably uh, probably gathered. The Independent, our safety frames the EU vote battle. And uh, Gove retorts EU now a source of insecurity, razor wire crisscrossing the continent. All of that and more you can read inside the Sunday papers for today. Don't forget, uh, this evening, there's a repeat of In Conversation, uh, which is Marion Keyes and Don Black. Really, really nice. Really, really nice. Uh, the podcast is up there now, so you can... Do you want to download? Download. What do you mean you don't know about... Da- I've explained about downloading. Why is it people are not listening? Goodness sake, downloading is so easy. Go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk. You can learn all about downloading, and um, it's, it'll change your life forever. It will change your life forever. So if you download the free LBC app for your mobile or tablet, during the week you get a free podcast on the station, which is our uh, little bit of celebrity bashing. We quite like it. Amuses us. And um, once you've done that, you won't ever miss a moment. Leading Britain's conversation at 10 this morning. It's Beverly Turner. I'm back with you. Nine o'clock this evening and then tomorrow morning, 4 a.m. for The Spike.